Tyre Power, Australia's biggest independent tyre retailer, keeping you safe on the roads. Tyrepower.com.au. Mourn Team Hyundai at Port Adelaide. All your family needs in a vehicle built for tomorrow that's here today. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go. Just on nine minutes to seven on SENSA Breakfast. Mourn Team Hyundai at Port Adelaide. All your family needs in a vehicle built for tomorrow that's here today. Before Simon Hill Bicks, we got a text coming through. Yeah, got a couple here. One uh, is questioning uh, Clayton Oliver, saying um, he didn't really believe what uh, he had to say. So, uh, yeah, that was um, – I'm just trying to read who that was from. Graham in Brisbane, yeah, just said, I'm not buying it. He couldn't uh, – and went, went on to be not all that complimentary to Clayton Oliver. So, there you go. That's his uh, prerogative. Uh, and uh, another one here um, – says, I've got ADHD and I've never had an episode like that unless I've taken something I shouldn't have. Don't treat people like fools. So that's, that's also a really fair point as well. And I think people are right within their rights to, again, we don't know Clayton Oliver's situation intimately. We only are, know what we are told. Mm. But I think people are well within their rights, especially those people impacted by ADHD. Um, if they haven't experienced that with their medication before, they are well within their rights to mm. think, okay, so what's, What's happening here? Mm. And um, a final one from Daniel who, who says, James Harden is a cancer. Why does any team want him? I've sort of thought about that a few times as well. If you want to get involved on the text line, 0427154166. Big time to talk the world game. It has been a huge couple of days for not only our women's national team, but for the Isuzu Ute A-League men's competition Locally, Adelaide United have scored nine goals and conceded none. So there's a lot to talk about as we welcome the best football voice, I'm just going to say in world football, and that is the friend of our show, Simon Hill. Simon, good morning to you. The Matildas preparing to take on Chinese Taipei, and the Reds are up and about. What a great time it is to be in Adelaide. (laughs) Yeah, they're going pretty well at the moment, uh, the Reds. And uh, I was very impressed by that performance at the weekend. Um, and Nestoria and Kunda, of course, just underlining the, uh, the brilliant talent that he has with that sensational free kick, which uh, I'm pretty sure has gone viral around the world. So, yeah, not bad for you Reds down there. Let's talk about the Matildas to start off with. I've really loved watching their journey um, a packed-out Optus Stadium over the weekend as they're preparing to go again tonight. But I wanted to get your take on the mentality from some of these players because there have been a few um, comments externally about banishing some of the demons that plagued them in the last match that they represented the Matildas at the World Cup. So do you think a lot of these players have a point to prove and they just want to get out there and play good football again? Well, undoubtedly, uh, you know, obviously there's a, there's a big prize at the end of all this with uh, the Paris Olympics being the next major tournament that they can aim for. You might remember four years ago, they finished fourth in Tokyo, same position that they finished at the Women's World Cup, uh, where they, you know, you're right, they, they didn't end the tournaments in the way that they would have wanted to. Now they've you know, clearly set about this task uh, with uh, vengeance for that in mind, I guess. Uh, albeit, you know, we're, we're facing a much lower level, with the greatest of respect, a much lower level of opposition. Uh, and it was a slow start against Iran. Uh, they, they won the game comfortably enough, but, you know, they really found uh, their groove against the Philippines, which, to be honest, I thought would probably be the most difficult game of the three, uh, given that they were at the Women's World Cup. Um, and their coach, Mark Torcaso, of course, is 
uh, also the Western United coach, so he knows the Australians very, very well. Um, but they took it to another level, which is great. Um, you know, I understand the hype, but I, I think it's also important not to get carried away because of the level of the opposition. There, there are you know, clearly sterner tests to come once they get to the Olympics. Uh, they'll beat Chinese Taipei on Wednesday night. I have no doubt about that. And then that's the first part of that job done. Um, and the, the one other thing that I would say about the Matildas, what I've liked about what Tony Gustafsson has done, is he, he's just started to introduce one or two. And it is only one or two, but at least there's a, you know, a slight sort of emphasis on developing the next generation. It's good to see Amy Sayer, Charlie Wheeler, uh, one or two others start to get their opportunity as well. Um, you know, this is a team, the starting alone, that is largely set in stone, but... Uh, it's good to start to have a look at some of the next generation because at some point we're going to need them. Simon, you mentioned about uh, Australia being way too good in terms of the opposition they come up against, but there's a there's a bigger picture and a really important picture around a full stadium and they go along and they have such a great time. They see eight goals, they see the cheering, they see their hometown hero get a hat-trick, all of that. That, that almost ensures that the next time the Matildas play at Optus Stadium, that's full again. So so whilst, yes, the footy, they've got to take care of it on the pitch, they're also keeping the momentum going for what was the, the World Cup and some we saw remarkable scenes. If we can keep this momentum going, then you push on into the Paris Olympics. It starts to create a pipeline where they're constantly watching the Matildas, getting to know the players, and it's such an important step they're taking. Well, it is. Um, obviously, the, the disconnect in terms of the game here is how do we get those 100,000 people that are, are turning up to watch the three games in WA this week uh, to go and watch the domestic mm. club product? Um, you know, there's, a, there's a, a very stark contrast between that 100,000 and the fact that the week before, Perth Glory women's team played at home and four, 1,450 was the crowd. So, you know, there, there is a massive disconnect. Now, uh, you know, it, better minds than mine will be working on this. Um, a lot of it, of course, is to do with the fact it's a national team and uh, people mm. here love to, to wave the flag, uh, and that's completely fair enough. Um, but as a sport, uh, you know, we, we have to find the solutions to this because otherwise, you know, it's going to be once every four years with the Matildas, the same as it was for a long, long time with the Socceroos. And for us as a sport, that is not good enough, not least because, and you mentioned that, you know, they sold out Optus Stadium and that's true and it's great, but we are not getting the investment in our facilities, the things that we need as a sport, um, because it is, you know, just the national teams that garner that interest for a brief moment. Um, so we've got a lot of work to do as a sport to try and capitalize upon this. But, you know, in isolation, of course, it's brilliant. It's mm. terrific. Uh, that the girls are packing out of stadiums. Simon, let's briefly touch on the Australian men's national team for a moment. On the 16th of November, we play Bangladesh in Melbourne, but then seven days later, there is an international match against Palestine, uh, and mm. this is, I'm assuming, going to be held at a neutral venue. But do you, do you feel that there will be some discussion around players not being available due to safety concerns, no matter where this game is being held? Because there's obviously going to be discussions around the team that they're playing against. Yeah. I mean, that's a tough one. Um, 
you know, if Australia were to say, well, we're not playing this game, then we'd be thrown out of the World Cup. It's as simple as that. So, you know, as a, as a country or as a, as a football association, we have to play the game. Uh, it's not the first time that, you know, Australian teams have ventured into, in inverted commas, uh, dangerous territory. Uh, I was in Lebanon in 2011 or 2012 with the national team. Uh, for a friendly whilst the Syrian war was uh, kicking off just 80 kilometres over the border. And the stadium that they played in in uh, Sidon, down in the south of, of Lebanon, was completely ringed with tanks and security. So, you know, there are ways of, of, of ensuring player safety. This, unfortunately, is, is part of world sport, that occasionally you have to go to so-called danger spots. Now, they're not going to go to Palestine itself. I would imagine it, it might be played somewhere neutral. I see that Malaysia had stuck their hand up and said, you know, you, you can play the game here. Uh, that would probably be a good solution. We played Syria there, you might remember, in the qualifiers in 2017 because of the security situation in Syria. And there were no problems in Malacca where the game was played. So I, I think it'll be fine. Uh, they're, they're generally looked after. But, yeah, this is part and parcel of, of sport and, and particularly, you know, global football. Uh, I was in Tajikistan in 2016, uh, two days after an Islamic insurgency in Dushanbe. And, uh, you know, there's a bit of concern for our safety there, but we were well looked after. So uh, I'm sure they'll be okay. Simon, changing tack, we're talking about Adelaide United. Hard not to be uh, absolutely impressed with the the young talent that's been on display and, and what a start they've had. They've played the two teams that uh, fought it for the championship last year and they've, they've scored nine goals to nil. That has been a remarkable start to the season. Yeah, it, it's incredible, isn't it? Particularly on the back of losing Craig Goodwin as well, mm. uh, which caused so much angst. And, you know, I, I called Adelaide's game in the Australia Cup where they got absolutely flogged by Western Sydney Wanderers. And I thought, oh, there might be a bit of trouble here. Um, and obviously, a couple of days later, Craig Goodwin left as well. Uh, there were no new signings aside of Ryan Tunnicliffe. And I think the fans were a little bit agitated and concerned that the club wasn't heading in the right direction ahead of the new campaign. Now, it's only two games in, so it's still very early. Uh, but what must be said is that Carl Veer continues to do an absolutely unbelievable job at Adelaide United. He's not got the biggest budget in the league, but he knows uh, all the young talent in that neck of the woods and he keeps developing them, bringing them through and making them into superstars. Uh, we've already mentioned Aaron Kunda. I think Johnny Yule is going to be uh, the next one, off, or, or, you know, next cab off the rank. Padash Madana. Uh, Padash Madana is, is starting to develop into uh, a brilliant first team player as well. So it just goes to show you don't always need big-name signings or lots of them to, to make an impact in this competition. Simon, we appreciate your time. I know it's really challenging for you when the whole world is celebrating Ange Postacoglu. You're a Man City fan, so you want success for Ange, but <laughs> hey, you want hey, success I'm for fine, Man Hey, I'm fine, Jared. We won the derby in the weekend. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I did see that, and Bix is, uh, Bix is on your side because he thought that um, Harlan should have won the Ballon d'Or, and mm. he's up and about. So, right. mate, we, we love speaking <laughs> with you, and thank you, as always, for your insights. But most importantly, thanks for what you do for the game of football. We love it, Simon, and appreciate your time. Pleasure, guys. Have a good week. Simon Hill, our guest on SENSA Breakfast on this Wednesday morning. Good morning.